Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into actors with 40 or more credits in today's statistics episode. If any of you follow me on Letterboxd, you may have seen this list appear already. Uh, I'm not sure if I can tell you when it was created, but uh, I made it within the last couple of days or so, and it's essentially just a list of, as the title would suggest, actors of which I've seen at least 40 films that they've been credited in. Uh, In some cases, uh, this is a very good thing because these are very good actors, in most cases, of the people that we're going to talk about today. But there are a few instances where these actors tend to uh, lean more towards the bad movie side of the scale. And uh, we're going to talk about that as well. And I started this list, I'd seen a couple of people do lists, uh, very similar lists, but using 20 as their uh, benchmark as opposed to 40. And so I thought that seemed like something interesting to look at. And initially, I was going to do 20 as well, but that would have included 276 people. And that's, uh, that's a lot. That's a, that's a huge number of people, and I, I can't really... Uh, there's, that's far too time-consuming, essentially, is what I'm getting at. And so I thought, well, what about 30 30 was actually what I was going to end up doing, and what ultimately ended up happening was that I got to 40 and realized that it kind of took longer than I expected it to, to kind of create the list the way I wanted to, so I just stopped at 40, but if I had done 30, that would have left me with exactly 60 people who hit that benchmark, which is a much more reasonable number of people, but it's still for my purposes, a lot of people to contend with. And the my idea was that I would update this semi-frequently with the amount of regularity that I update my top actors by the numbers list or top 200 movies by the numbers list and, and other lists like that that I have on Letterboxd. And so at 30 and higher, it's just too much to constantly be revising. So I settled on 40, and 40 is a big number. You know, I, I looking at I, I looked at some of the people uh, who had done 20 or more lists, and uh, I'm gonna see if I can find those right now to kind of compare notes. There we go, 20 plus club, awesome. Uh, so the first. The person who kind of uh, came up with this is a Letterboxd user called Taj LV, T-A-J-L-V. Uh, he did a 20-plus club for actors, actresses, composers, directors, uh, film crew, producers. So he, he kind of he took this and went a lot further with it. And his 20-plus club includes 132 people. Uh, and if he had done 40 and up, he would have had five names make that list. Uh, as of the last time he edited this, which was four days ago. And those would have been Clint Eastwood, 
Matt Damon, Bruce Willis, Samuel Jackson, and Robert De Niro. Uh, De Niro leading the way with 60, as it turns out. And, you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's a small number. Five, it's very difficult to, you know, unless you're specifically focusing on a particular person, it's not easy to get that person's film count up to 40. You know, I'm, I'm not, or rather didn't exactly focus on any one actor at any point when I was uh, kind of trying to up the quantity. Uh, you know, the only time that really, the only exception to that was Samuel Jackson, who uh, I, I wouldn't say I focused on him, but when I started to do the scavenger hunts on Letterboxd, I would tend to drift towards movies that he was in simply for the fact that I knew I'd seen so many movies of his and knew how many movies he'd been in. So I wanted to kind of continue to push that number as far and as high as I could get it. Uh, uh, moving on to, uh, so Taj LV actors, 132 actors, five of them at 40. In his actresses list, he only has 25 names uh, for a total of 157 people that he's seen 20 or more movies in. And he adds one more person to the 40 plus club, and that's Bess Flowers, who, if you're not sure who that is, uh, I've mentioned her a, a few times in the in the show, but she is generally an uncredited barely noticed uh, background extra and you know she's been in hundreds and hundreds of movies in the 30s 40s 50s 60s and you should uh probably look her up if you're a part of letterboxd because i'm sure you've seen a handful of her movies as well and you just didn't know it uh, so that's best flowers the other person who has done this that i've been able to find on letterboxd is a, a, a user named Lou Reviews. Now, he has a 20-plus club for actors, and he doesn't... He hasn't updated this list in a year. So I would expect that these numbers have increased dramatically. But his 20-plus list includes 165 people, but also includes 50... That's right, 50 names at 40 or and above. Uh, so that's a ton. Like these are people that I haven't even seen fifteen movies from in a, in, a, in occasionally occasional cases. You've got Paul Newman, Robert Duvall, Sean Connery, Bob Hoskins, Burt Lancaster, Henry Fonda, De Niro, Christopher Plummer, Orson Welles, Elvis Presley, which is crazy. Uh, Dirk Bogard, who I don't know, Bill Nye. Robert Mitchum, Harold Lloyd, Keenan Wynn, Alan Bates, Humphrey Bogart, David Niven, Frank Sinatra, Alec Guinness, John Carradine, Ian McKellen, Gary Cooper, Anthony Hopkins, etc., etc., etc. And some of those names I don't even recognize. I haven't seen five films from some of these people. But if we if we scroll up to the top of his list, we get I think uh, let me see here fifty at, at fifty and above. He's seen. 24 people with 15 above, including Colin Firth, of all people, which seems strange. You know, I'm not a very big fan of, of Colin Firth, but I mean, I suppose Lou is. Then we hit 60 with five names uh, Ian Holm, John Wayne, John Gilgood, 
Michael Caine hits, brings us to 73, and Charles Chaplin breaks 80 for Lou here, which is a ton of movies. Uh, so, you know, he he is uh, a very, very uh, prolific film watcher. He's logged, well, not I wouldn't, he hasn't logged, but he has marked down almost 13,000 films on Letterboxd that he's seen. Uh, which is uh, almost three times as many as I've seen. Now, I'm... uh, Based on the information uh, that I can glean from their letterboxed profile, it seems as though this person uh, is roughly 45 years old uh they're the number 72 is in their twitter handle so i'm guessing that's their birth year so if they're 45 give or take uh, which is 20 years older than i am then over the next 20 years i would have to watch about let's see 8,000 divided by 20 four hundred movies a year which isn't too far out of the realm of possibility uh you know i am currently currently this year i've seen 674 uh, so i'm well above that average and if you look at the last six years of my life uh, i average 641 movies a year so that's a pretty good benchmark and while I would probably never catch up to this person during their lifetime. I would theoretically catch up to them during my lifetime, uh, I, I guess. So, yeah, that's this gives me something to shoot for because uh, this many people with this many films seen is is staggering. So, moving on from that to my own list. So I mentioned, you know, like I said, I only did movies uh, with actors at forty or higher. And that yielded 14 names. And if you look at the list on Letterboxd, I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, they're ranked first in order of number of films seen. And then secondly, uh, in order of score slash ranking in my spreadsheet. So uh, that doesn't really come into play until uh, a couple of people who are stuck at the 46 film count range. And at that point, they are ordered by uh, who's ranked highest is who's put first. Uh, they are represented by their films that I believe are the best performance slash most memorable performance uh, slash most recognizable performance that they've participated in as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so occasionally, that will be something like... Uh, to use someone who doesn't quite make the list but is very close. Uh, ben Stiller is at 39 films for me right now. And when he makes the list, uh, there's a good chance I use him uh, from... Uh, man, I'm not sure. Uh, oh, that should be animated. Like, it might end up being Zoolander for recognizability. It might be Tannenbaums or Tropic Thunder. Uh, because I think those are much better films than than Zoolander. So, you know, it could, it could go either way. You know, someone like Morgan Freeman, who's also at 39 movies, could be The Dark Knight, uh, could be 
Seven, Gone Baby Gone, Unforgiven, Million Dollar Baby for his Oscar. You know, there's a lot of range here that I'm trying to play with. And so I'll kind of explain that as I go along. Uh, we're going to start at the bottom and work our way up. Uh, and I'll also explain because Letterboxd isn't 100% accurate. So, for example, our first person uh, who, according to my spreadsheet, I've seen in 40 films, uh, but according to Letterboxd, I've only seen in 39, is Bill Hader. Uh, Bill Hader is a voice actor uh, as well as a SNL alum who has appeared in such films as Her, uh, 22 Jump Street, Tropic Thunder, Monsters University, Finding Dory, Superbad, Trainwreck, Star Trek Into Darkness, Men in Black 3, Knocked Up, Power Rangers, Adventureland, The BFG, Pineapple Express, Forgetting Sir Marshall, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, They Came Together, Night at the Museum, Battle for the Smithsonian, Paul, The Skeleton Twins, Megamind, etc., etc., etc. He's been in a lot of movies, a lot of voice roles, and uh, a few solid live-action roles. Uh, but as I mentioned in the June Top 10 Actors uh, episode, he does have a lot of tiny roles that uh, he's gotten a lot of credit for, uh, particularly Her uh, is, is probably the biggest one as his second highest rated film that he has maybe one line in as a phone on a phone call. Uh, so it's, it's not, you know, I'm not looking at his top movies to represent him. And so the film that I do represent him with is the skeleton twins, because it's one of his most primary roles that he's in. And I think it is the best of his talents as a live action actor. I think he's done a lot. I would say he's done better work as a voice actor than as a live action actor to this point. But this is probably the role I mem remember him most from. Uh, and that's his, his role in Skeleton Twins alongside Kristen Wiig. Uh, I think he's really good in it. And he, so he's got 40 films. Uh, he's got a score of 115.98, which makes him ranked 28th overall. And uh, it's, just, it's it's a uh, it's a lot, you know. It's it's you know he's not someone I really went out of my way to watch movies from, but just like you heard a lot of the names of movies he's been in, there are a lot of recent movies, which plays into the fact you know I'm I'm watching a lot of movies. I started really watching movies in 2010, and that's kind of when Bill Hader really blew up as an actor on, on SNL, and so he's been in a lot of these movies that I'm just watching because they're coming out, because they're new, and the fact that he's such a prolific voice actor, you know, means he's able to put up, pump out more roles in a shorter period of time. Uh, so, so that's really aided him in not only uh, rising to the top of the list in the spreadsheet, but also in in having a lot of credits to his name. So, Bill Hader uh, is is someone I really like seeing his name in the cast list, and uh, you know he's got he's got a lot of movies coming out, and I'm I'm. Excited, I think he's, you know, he's he's given a total of 56 
currently released films on Letterboxd, so I'm missing 17 according to them, and probably a little bit of fluctuation here or there based on uh, IMDb as well, which is the backup uh, uh, source that I use. So, you know, that's a very small, minor difference, but once we get up to the higher points, you're going to see a huge difference in what Letterboxd thinks I've seen and what I've actually seen when you include Wikipedia, or not Wikipedia, IMDb credits as well. So, starting at number 14 is Bill Hader. Moving on to number 13, probably the best example of someone I've seen a lot of bad movies from. Uh, on my spreadsheet, I have 41 credits for this person. And on Letterboxd, I also have 41 credits for this person. So uh, we match up there. Uh, that puts me at 75% of their movies seen. Out of, so 41 out of 55. And that is Adam Sandler. Uh, Adam Sandler it has a score of 8.39, terribly low. And that puts him at ranked uh, 3,819th out of, uh, I believe, 3,836. So 17 spots from the bottom, Adam Sandler with 41 films. Those films, including 51st Dates, Click, Hotel Transylvania, Happy Gilmore, Pixels, Big Daddy, Grown Ups, The Wedding Singer, Billy Madison, Funny People, Top 5, The Waterboy, Anger Management, Mr. Deeds, Just Go With It, The Longest Yard, Jack and Jill, The Cobbler, The Do-Over, The Ridiculous Six, The Hot Chicks, Banglish, a lot of films, generally bad movies when you, you know, accounting for all of the Netflix and Happy Madison production films that he's uh, produced and starred in. And so, you know, he will probably never rise to, you know, the top thousand on my spreadsheet, I think. You know, looking at some of the movies I haven't seen of his, uh, they generally seem to be fairly bad. But I've heard really good things from an upcoming film he's going to be in called The, the Majorowitz Stories, where he stars with Ben Stiller and Dustin Hoffman. And so, you know, we all know that he's been in Punch Drunk Love and he's been in Funny People and he has that dramatic side to him. And it's a shame that he can't embrace that more. I wish he did, but unfortunately he's stuck in this sort of comedy rut. Uh, and, you know, my, my representation for him is Punch Drunk Love. I think that's his best performance ever. And I don't think it's close. Uh, it's, it's his best movie ever. And I also don't think that's very close either. And, you know, I grew up kind of on Adam Sandler. Like when I was younger, I would watch Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison and Big Daddy and Anger Management and The Waterboy and Mr. Deeds over and over and over and Little Nicky. Uh, you know, I just, it just, Airheads. I loved Airheads when I was younger. Uh, and every new movie of his, I was super excited for. I thought he was hilarious. And I've grown up a bit. I don't think he's as funny. And I think his style of humor is far more absurd and, and stupid and uh, dumb now. But 
I, I, I still have a soft spot for his movies. And while, you know, I recently watched Sandy Wexler, uh, you know, recently watching The Do-Over or, or The Ridiculous Six, some of his more recent films, they just don't strike the same chord with me. And I don't think it's completely the fact that I've grown up. I think his humor has not changed. And I think in some cases it's actually uh, denigrated down and, and become worse. But, you know, I still... I can't remember the last time I really went back and rewatched one of his older movies that I loved because I kind of I'm scared to because I think it's just going to show me that how how stupid I was and I don't know I I think that there's probably still something of of merit in a couple of these movies um you know the wedding singer and happy gilmore are still kind of iconic comedies from their times uh so it's not terribly, I don't know, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I, I like the guy, I want him to do better, and hopefully this new Netflix movie, The Meyerowitz Stories, is as good as people have been saying it is, because I, I, I want him to do well, and I hope he does well. So, Adam Sandler, number 13. Number 12. Um, also with 41 movies, but a much, much higher score, uh, with a score of 72.10, and currently ranked 1,616th overall, is Bruce Willis. Uh, this is one that surprised me when I made this list. I didn't realize I'd seen so many of his movies, uh, but when you, when you factor in movies, you know, some of the more recent movies, Looper, Moonrise Kingdom, uh, as well as uh, Sin Cities, uh, The Expendables, Red, uh, uh, the newer Die Hard movies. Uh, you you get a lot of, I mean, the the numbers really add up. But you know, it still seemed like a lot. You know, I forty one, but like you got Sixth Sense, Die Hard, Pulp Fiction, uh, Twelve Monkeys. Unbreakable, Fifth Element, Oceans 12, Armageddon, uh, Planet Terror, The Player, Lucky Number 11, uh, Grindhouse, G.I. Joe, Retaliation, Over the Hedge, Four Rooms, Charlie's Angels, Death Becomes Her, 16 Blocks, Cop Out, The Whole Nine Yards, The Kid, The Bonfire, The Vanities, Nancy Drew, What Just Happened, Nobody's Fool, Perfect Stranger, The Prince, Billy Bathgate, Breakfast of Champions, like I'm probably naming some movies here you've never heard of, and I mean, that's just, it just adds up, I was really shocked to see how many movies I'd seen him in, uh, he's actually listed as 42 on, on Letterboxd compared to the 41 I pegged him at, and that's because I don't count Grindhouse, uh, I just broke Grindhouse down into Planet Terror and Death Proof, and didn't count Grindhouse on my spreadsheet, because it's a redundant rating for me, kind of. So, 41 out of uh, currently 106. So that puts me at about 40% of his filmography. So there's still a lot left to see. Uh, and so he's got a much higher rating, higher average rating. And the film I used to represent him is Pulp Fiction. Not Looper, not Die Hard, Pulp Fiction. I think that's, for me... 
not only the uh, one of his best movies, but his best role as well. You know, he's great in Die Hard. Don't get me wrong. You know, I love him in The Sixth Sense. He's fantastic in Looper uh, and Moonrise Kingdom. You know, he think he's I think he's got great comedic chops too. But in Pulp Fiction is just it's just so iconic for me to see him in that movie um, as Butch Coolidge. And despite the fact that he's only one out of multiple storylines in that movie, it just it sticks with me. It really does. Uh, I loved, I liked him in Unbreakable. I'm excited to see the trajectory of that storyline continued. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to know where that leads. But I, you know, Bruce Willis is not the kind of actor I get excited for. Uh, his his upcoming film about uh, the, the 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 remake of Charles Bronson's movie. Oh shoot, I can't think of the name. It comes out in a couple of weeks, I think. I'm not really excited for it. Like Bruce Willis's name does not draw me to anything on its own. Uh, it's generally the strength of the talent around him that I'm more interested in, and I'm not particularly. I don't know, like, I wasn't really excited to see the Die Hard, die hard movies. I wasn't particularly excited to see uh, The Sixth Sense or Sin City. Uh, you know, Twelve Monkeys, far more interested in Brad Pitt on that film. Uh, Fifth Element, he's not my favorite part. Uh, it's, it's, you know, he's not an actor that I get... I'm on the edge of my seat waiting to see. He's someone I just kind of... I'm fine with, you know, he's not bad, I don't think he's ever really that bad, uh, despite, you know, he's been in bad movies, but I think, for the most part, he's an actor that I'm happy and content with, and I, I don't need that to change, so, Bruce Willis, number 12, 41 movies, moving on, number 11 is a, is an actor that also kind of surprised me, although I really probably... I should have been less surprised about this person than I than I was with Bruce Willis, and that is Robert De Niro. Uh, I've got De Niro credited as 42 films right now. Letterboxd has him as 43. I'm not sure where that disparity comes from, but uh, actually, maybe I do know where that disparity comes from. I think I saw it quite quickly, and that comes from uh, Fahrenheit 9/11, which. Oh no, it doesn't. Does it? Hold on. Yeah, it does. It's Fahrenheit 9/11. I'm not sure if he's actually in that or not. It's it's archive footage, so that doesn't count. Uh, so it's him in his in a different movie, in a movie. So 42 is correct, and he's been in some fantastic films. You know, he's ranked uh, 308th right now with a score of 94.07, so fairly high. Uh, he's actually dropped a little since his per, his debut on the August top 10 list, uh, but he's been in some of the most iconic movies ever, which is why I shouldn't have been so surprised. You know, he's been in, you know, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, The Godfather Part 2, Jackie Brown, Raging Bull, Casino, Brazil, The Deer Hunter, The Untouchables, Cape Fear, Meet the Parents, Stardust, 
and uh, those are all Wag the Dog, New York, New York. Uh, you know, these are all really iconic movies in some way, shape, or form. On the other hand, and then you've also got newer movies, Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, uh, Joy, Limitless, uh, The Intern, uh, and, and films like that that are far more contemporary. And, like, he's not, you know, he's kind of, he and Pacino have kind of gotten themselves into this position where they're not putting out those huge... Uh, roles anymore you know we haven't seen De Niro do a taxi driver in in forever uh and and the same goes for Pacino and and his iconic roles but at the end of the day I I still you know he's still got an incredibly impressive filmography that I still have a lot of really high profile films to see you know I haven't seen Heat, Once Upon a Time in America, Mean Streets, The King of Comedy, uh, and and so you know I've got a, a big gap left to fill in, and I think that there's going to be a lot of. I think he's probably going to rise up the ranks, and and he's someone who I see can kind of hitting that fifty mark benchmark sooner rather than later. Uh, De Niro at forty three films on Letterboxd unofficially out of 134 films that he's put out and now released uh, according to them that puts me at 32 percent that's very low that's a very small percentage and i think uh he yeah I, i'm i'm excited to kind of delve more into his filmography uh, the film i used to represent him is taxi driver which in my opinion is not only the best film he's been in but the best performance he's given and the one that is the most recognizable you know you talking to me is you know one of the most quotable lines ever and it's his and it'll always be his so de niro number 11 with 42 films the top 10 trending more toward the lower end of the spectrum uh, on adam sandler's side of things is our number 10, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson has uh, steadily been in a lot of movies from things, uh, collaborations with Wes Anderson, Grand Budapest Hotel, Royal Tenenbaums, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Life Aquatica Steve Zissou, Darjeeling Limited, Bottle Rocket, uh, to his uh, comedies with Ben Stiller like Zoolander, Night at the Museum, Meet the Parents, uh, to his voice roles in Cars, Cars Two, Cars Three, uh, his 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 he, he's a comedic actor who has embraced that side of him. And uh, the film I used to represent him is Midnight in Paris, which is probably his best role, where he kind of just plays Woody Allen. And while I think he is definitely he's very charming, he's got that distinguishable nose. And, you know, I, I've seen 43 films that he's been in. And, you know, he's got a lot of solid movies under his belt. You know, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox, Grand Budapest, Midnight in Paris, Darjeeling, Tenenbaums, Life Aquatic. But the problem is, his best films are 90% just Wes Anderson movies. 
And while some people's collaborations with Wes Anderson have boosted them up into like very high rated territory, Wilson is simply dragged down by way too much crap. Uh, you know, the Night at the Museum movies, the Cars movies, uh, the internship, Meet the Fockers, uh, here we go, Anaconda, Masterminds, Shanghai, Nights and Noon, Hall Pass. Around the World in 80 Days, Drillbit Taylor, uh, Free Birds, The Big Year, I Spy, The Big Bounce. Uh, he's also in, with Bruce Willis in that movie I mentioned before, Breakfast of Champions. So he, he's, he's got a much more uh, difficult and, and problematic filmography than some of these other people on here now he doesn't drop as far down as adam sandler you know that's where his collaborations with wes anderson really uh, pick him up and i think that's pretty much the only thing separating him from adam sandler at this point you know he's got a score of an even 50 like flat 50 and uh, his 43 films and that puts him at rank ranked 3016th uh, he ends up, uh, his 43 films are even with the number that I've got on my spreadsheet that Letterboxd has, which is 15 shy of how many he's put out, which is 58, uh, which puts me at about 74% seen of his entire filmography. And so, you know, I, I definitely, I kind of prefer Luke Wilson. Uh, I prefer his brother to him. When, I, when I'm looking at a marquee and looking at a cast list, but I've definitely, he's got his moments. You know, for sure, Midnight in Paris is a, is a highlight. Uh, and I think he works really well with Wes Anderson, but it's uh, it's tough. You know, he he's really struggled of late, like the Cars movies, Night at the Museum movies. Uh, you know, I, I thought Masterminds was really bad. So I'm not sure if he's going to be able to pick himself up out of this we'll see uh, i'm not sure exactly what he's got coming up next coming up later but uh, i think he's i don't know if he's got any more good stuff in him honestly outside of like what i assume to be further wes anderson co uh, collaborations so owen wilson 43 films number 10 moving on to number nine uh, represented by Goodwill Hunting, with 43 films to his name, is Matt Damon. Uh, Matt Damon is uh, got a score of 125.72, which makes him ranked ninth overall. And Matt Damon has been in everything. You know, I could name probably two dozen of his movies off the top of my head, and I've seen 43 of them. Uh, 43 out of the 75 that he's reportedly been in, according to Letterboxd. So I've seen about 57%. Uh, but he's, uh, you know, he he's been in some of the more contemporary classics. Uh, you know, going back to Goodwill Hunting, but then you've got True Grit, all the Ocean movies, The Departed, Saving Private Ryan, The Martian, Interstellar, uh, the Born movies that he's been in, uh, The Talented Mr. Ripley. Uh, Contagion, 
Dogma, Chasing Amy, you know, he's got collaborations with Kevin Smith, Behind the Candelabra, Margaret, Invictus, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, The Informant, uh, The Brothers Grimm, Rounders, Eurotrip as a cameo, Syriana, uh, he narrates the documentary Inside Job, and, uh, you know, he's he's been in a lot of, a lot of things, and it's, it's not, it's not easy to to avoid all of his movies. He's got two coming out this at the end of this year, Downsizing and Suburbicon. Uh, I've seen trailers for Suburbicon. Looks good. I'm excited for it. Haven't seen trailers for Downsizing, but seems I, I'm interested. I, I like the idea of it. Uh, Matt Damon, born... In October, so at ninth overall, expect him to be in the top 10 list for October next month. And, you know, I'm representing him with Goodwill Hunting. You know, his breakout performance is nothing short of fantastic. I, I thought he was very down to earth, very impressive in that movie. And I think, you know, he's had an incredible career since then. Uh, he is one of the younger people on this list and actually is, other than Bill Hader, is the youngest person to make 40 films or more. So that's also impressive. You know, that just shows just how big of a draw his name is and how popular the movies he's been in have been. You know, he does not... You know, he is a leading man, He, but he also plays well with others as you look at the Ocean movies and True Grit, Departed, uh, Interstellar, and uh, and others. So I think Matt Damon's great. I wouldn't say he's one of the best actors, but I would say he's one of the best stars we have going for us right now. And that's not nothing. Uh, so, you know, Matt Damon, big fan. I do like his movies, but you know he will let you down occasionally with things like The Great Wall, uh, or or I don't know stuff like Stuck on You or Promised Land. Uh, I I was really I really did not like The Good Shepherd either. So uh, some some good some bad some good some bad. Matt Damon, forty three films, number nine. Number eight is the only person on this list that is no longer with us, the only person on this list that is deceased, uh, with 45 credits to their name, uh, the purely voice actor Mel Blanc. Uh, Mel Blanc uh, is a voice actor who worked with Warner Brothers, and uh, he is the voice of Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Sylvester the Cat, Tweety Bird, Foghorn Leghorn, Yosemite Sam, Wiley Coyote, Woody Woodpecker, Barney Rubble, and a lot of other people. Elmer Fudd, hundreds of others. You know, he is all of these characters, and he makes all of them stand out. I would complete. You know, I, I it's it's mind-boggling just how 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 incredible his his voice is. And how easily it is for him to switch from one character to the next. Well, maybe it isn't so easy. I don't know. I, I would be in, I would be curious and, and interested to watch uh, a a video of him 
you know, transitioning between those voices in a kind of rapid fire pace. But other than that, you know, he is he is a big, big name and someone who is definitely going to climb up the list the more sort of Looney Tunes uh, films I've seen. And so I've seen 45 of his films, which Letterboxd agrees with, out of a reported 653. Now, the vast, vast, vast majority of these are very short Looney Tunes films, so I could probably get him to 100 movies by the end of today, (laughs) if I tried, and that's definitely tempting, but at the same time, you know, I don't think that that's worthwhile, you know, like, I've watched a lot of his movies, but I do want to kind of pace myself, because uh, I think, you know, I, I kind of went on a bender for a while, and the best thing to do with short films of the same, of similar variety, like Looney Tunes, like Disney, uh, things like that, is pacing yourself, um, especially at a quantity and a volume of this magnitude. So I'm going to keep myself calm. Uh, you know, I represent him with the short film What's Opera Doc? I think it's hilarious. Uh, I, I would say it's almost, you know, I, I, I was almost going to put Duck Amuck in that spot, but I think he does better voice work in What's Opera Doc. And Duck Amuck is far more about the animation than it is about the voice work. So What's Opera Doc? Hilarious short film. Uh, his 45 films give him a score of 56.39 with a rank of 2,689th. And um, it's interesting, you know, I think he's kind of, I think he might be able to actually climb out of that ranking just because of sheer volume. You know, he doesn't need all of his films to be incredible, but if they're all like, if, he, if more of them can be ranked rated 60s than not, he will just slowly climb up because his value will increase. And that's, you know, it might take him 100 films to get there, but he's got that in the bag. So uh, it just kind of depends on how high the quality level of Looney Tunes can stay over the years. Uh, Mel Blanc, blank, shit, I don't remember, Blanc. Because it's B-L-A-N-C, Blanc, I don't know. Uh, definitely give him a look, you know, just check out his page because he's got, uh, the fact that he's able to voice all these different characters is astonishing. And I think he is, uh, check out some of these shorts because some of these are incredibly good, uh, especially not just for their time, but uh, even even now, you know, looking at film, like Duck Amuck and What's Opera Doc are fantastic. Rabbit of Seville, uh, Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half, 24 and a half century, Rabbit Seasoning, Rabbit Fire, uh, Long Haired Hair. These are all hilarious. Robin Hood, Daffy, very, very funny. And so I, I would say check him out. He's real good. Mel Blanc, 45 films, number eight. Number seven, with also. Uh, with 46 films, one of three people with 46 films, is John Goodman. John Goodman, 46 films, he has a score of 74.65, 
which makes his rank 1,432nd. John Goodman represented by what I consider his best performance, 10 Cloverfield Lane, last year's 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, which he won the Circle of Film Award for Best Supporting Actor in. But he is he has had some collaborations with some of the best uh, directors working, notably the Coen Brothers in Inside Lewin Davis, The Big Lebowski, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, Raising Arizona, Barton Fink, uh, and, and others. Uh, he has also uh, been, has also done some voice work in Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University, uh, The Emperor's New Groove, Cars, Paranorman, and uh, Princess and the Frog, B-Movie. He has collaborated with, uh, you know, I mentioned 10 Cloverfield Lane. He's got Argo, uh, Kong Skull Island, Atomic Blonde, The Artist, Flight, uh, Transformers, Trumbo. Uh, he was in Valerian this year as a voice. He's in Speed Racer, The Internship, Patriot's Day, Extremely Loud, Incredibly Close, uh, The Gambler, Arachnophobia, uh, Revenge of the Nerds, Trouble with the Curve, Death Sentence, uh, and 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 you know We're Back. A Dinosaur Story is a Dinosaur Story is a movie very close to my heart that I really enjoy. But yeah, uh, John Goodman is a fucking champ. You know he started in TV but then started to collaborate with the Coen brothers and never looked back. And I think that is, you know, that is kind of his, his toe. What's the, what's the term I'm looking for? That is his claim to fame. Coen brothers collaborations. Similarly, you know, if you can get in with Coen brothers or Wes Anderson or Spielberg or someone like that, you can ride that to a very good rating and a very high film count. And between that, his voice work, and just the fact that he oh, he's always come into play. Like, he doesn't put in a bad performance that I've seen. You know, he's always doing something interesting and something fascinating with his films and his roles. And I'm always excited to see him. Uh, you know, I'm never not excited to see him in a movie. Uh, so that being said, you know, 45, uh, 46 films of his puts him, puts me at about 39% of his film scene. So they've given him, they have him on 117 credits, uh, here, which is a lot, but I'm excited. You know, I, I love seeing his name in a movie, uh, you know, Kongskull Island, you know, is fine. I thought he's good in it. Uh, I'm not sure let's see. You know, transform Valerian. He has a small role, so I wouldn't really. You know, that's not really something that's making or breaking things. You know, Patriots Day. I thought he was good in. He really slimmed down for that role too. So, big fan. You know, he just kind of pops up in all these weird places, and there are a lot of older movies of his where he's kind of a more starring role, like Matinee, The Flintstones, uh, movies I haven't seen. Uh, you've got. Um, what else are we looking at here? Uh, like King Ralph, I haven't seen. Uh, the Babe, haven't seen. The movies that like he's on the front poster. He is the main character in these movies. I haven't seen him. 
so, but that's just kind of an age thing for me. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm interested, you know, I, I like seeing him. I want to see him in more movies. I will see anything he's in. And yeah, uh, John Goodman is a great actor represented by, uh, what? I, yeah, the, the 10 Cloverfield Lane one best actor, best supporting actor for me last year. So, you know, I'm very high on him and I uh, hope to see more movies of his. John Goodman. Number seven. Number six, also with 46 films, also starring in The Big Lebowski with John, his, his friend John Goodman is Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, Buscemi uh, has a score of 87.30, which ranks him at 636th. Uh, he is at 46 films. That puts me at 38% of his filmography, which is given 120 credits. He is also a Coen Brothers uh, companion, collaborator between Big Lebowski, Fargo, Barton Fink, Hudsucker Proxy. Um, he's He's been with them for a while, but he's also got the Tarantino element, uh, Pulp Fiction, and Reservoir Dogs uh, are, are big films of his, very big films. He's also got the voice acting, Monsters, Inc., Monsters University, uh, Hotel Transylvania, Monster House, Boss Baby, and and others. Uh, but what drags him down is the Adam Sandler compa- uh, collaborations. So Big Daddy and the Hotel Transylvania films, Grown Ups, Wedding Singer, Billy Madison, uh, Mr. Deeds, his his spy kids movies the cobbler ridiculous six airheads you know he he's been in a lot of great movies a lot of not so great movies and what that kind of the problem with for me is that i don't really see him in a lot of movies where it's just him you know he doesn't lead a lot of movies and you know he's frequently playing side characters to Adam Sandler or you know or or uh, like John or John Goodman or you know Jeff Bridges or you know Pulp Fiction Fargo like all these movies. But the couple of movies that I have seen of his where he is the principal character, so like movies like Ghost World where he has a really big role in that, I think is great. Uh, a movie like. Um, Living in Oblivion. I love Living in Oblivion. I thought he was fantastic in that. Uh, so I, I'm I'm very impressed when he does take that step into the spotlight. He just doesn't do it a lot. And I wish he did. I, I really do. Because I do think he's a great actor. But he's kind of getting pigeonholed into these roles. He is a side character where he doesn't get a chance to really... Uh, flex his muscles that same way and so uh, it's a shame it really is because I, I like Steve Buscemi even in his Adam Sandler days like I uh, you know I, I always thought he was he's just having fun man just doing his thing having some fun and I like that about him so Steve Buscemi number six uh, 46 films Steve Buscemi and also with 46 films is good our good friend Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks represented by his award-winning performance in Philadelphia uh, is ranked fifth overall 
And at 46 films, that puts me at 51% uh, of his 91 total. And Tom Hanks, you know, what can you say about the man? Uh, in the July top 10, I believe he's number one. Uh, maybe number two, actually, now that I'm reconsidering. And he has just been in some of the most iconic films, has some of the most iconic roles ever created. Saving Private Ryan, Forrest Gump, all three Toy Story movies. His collaborations with Spielberg on Catch Me If You Can, Bridge of Spies, uh, are, are fantastic. You know, Sully, Castaway, Big, Cloud Atlas, The Green Mile. Uh, you know, it, I don't like them, but iconically, Da Vinci Code, The Terminal, Philadelphia. He was in The Circle this year. He, uh, You've Got Mail, The Burbs, Sleepless in Seattle, Road to Perdition, Apollo 13, The Lady Killers, A League of Their Own, Charlie Wilson's War, Turner and Hooch. It's, there's just there's just so many movies of his, and you can't even pick just one. It's so impossible to pick just one movie that was his best. And you know, I think for me, I think Philadelphia. It edges out like like it edges out Captain Phillips and Saving Private Ryan and Woody from Toy Story just a little, just a little, not a lot, just a little. And I think, you know, he is one of the best actors we've seen ever. I I would say, you know, he's ranked, he's got a score of 119.76, which is good enough for a 21st overall. And I would say he's one of the best actors going. You know, I've seen half of his films. So, you know, I'm missing out on That Thing You Do, Splash, The Money Pit, Dragnet, uh, The Man with One Red Shoe. Uh, so I'm not sure how many of these movies are still good. I, I don't know. You know, I might have seen all of his best films, to be honest. But I think he himself is is worth the price of admission in any movie he's in. Uh, you know, even even smaller things. You know, I, I think he just he knocks it out of the park. You know, even though the circle's bad, I thought Tom Hanks was great in it. You know, I don't like the the Da Vinci Code movies, but I think Tom Hanks is good in them. So uh, I'll, I'll always show up for a Tom Hanks, and uh, I, I hope he has a long and more prolific career than you know than he's had so far and that's you know I, I want him in everything because I think he would be great I think he'd be absolutely amazing Tom Hanks fifth overall 46 films moving up one more film to 47 films uh, we have Kind of a controversial actor for me. Uh, a lot of people I've talked to, including my girlfriend, don't like this guy. And it's not because he's only made bad movies. It's not because, you know, he's he's a bad actor. It's because in the last five years, maybe, he has turned and put out some less than exciting and less than solid performances and that is Johnny Depp uh, represented by Pirates of the Caribbean The Curse of the Black Pearl he became Jack Sparrow a long time ago now uh, back in 2003 14 years 
and he is since then he's really he he really takes on these roles that push him in different directions you know whatever you want to say you know jack sparrow uh, willy wonka the mad hatter sweeney todd uh, you know his role as the wolf and into the woods black mass uh, you know he he he's definitely reaching and pushing himself to try to be different characters in my opinion now definitely does not always work lone ranger dark shadows terrible you know the most the two most recent pirates movies bad movies so i i get where people are coming from like they don't want to keep seeing him do these kind of roles uh you know a lot of people disappointed by the reveal in fantastic beasts that he was one of the characters all along um the second you know alice through the looking glass was awful He's had a had a rough go of it in the last few years. I'll I'll admit that, but I just I cannot move past just how great his filmography is. Beyond that, you know I really enjoy. I love the first Pirates. I think the second and third one are very good. I I think he's I think Twenty One Jump Street fantastic. Edward Scissorhands he's amazing. Uh, you know I like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I like Alice in Wonderland. I think Sweeney Todd is really good. Uh, Into the Woods I like, but you know he's not in it very long. Platoon, uh, his voice roles, Rango, Corpse Bride, uh, you know, Sleepy Hollow, Ed Wood, uh, are, are what's eating Gilbert Grape. You know these are great movies. Uh, Finding Neverland, Donnie Brasco, uh, Secret Window I thought he was good in. Chocolat I thought he's good in. Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Cry Baby. He he's Benny in June. Um, I I just before Night Falls, he has been in some fantastic movies. And say what you will, I'm happy that he continues to and has continued to collaborate with uh, Tim Burton because I'm a huge Tim Burton fan, which is a big reason why I like uh, Johnny Depp. And I think uh, I think he's he's. A talent. I am excited when I see him in movies, despite the fact that it seems a lot of people aren't. You know, I'm looking forward to Murder on the Orient Express, regardless of how large his role happens to be on that movie. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm. It's unfortunate. You know, I'm a big Johnny Depp fan. Uh, he's currently ranked 58th with a score of 107.68. You know, he used to be in the top 10 for me. Uh, clearly, he has dropped significantly as of late, you know, with with movies like Transcendence and Mordecai, Jack and Jill. You know, it's it's difficult. But I fully expect a Johnny Depp resurgence. I think he's going to be really good in... I think he's going to be good in Murder on the Orient, Orient, Murder on the Orient Express. And I hope that he can... Uh, kind of win back some of the credit and affection that he's lost over the years. Johnny Depp, number four, 47 films. Top three. Uh, so number three, the only woman on this list. And this is one of the biggest disparities between my spreadsheet and Letterboxd. So according to Letterboxd, I've seen 100% of this person's films. 11 out of 11. But... Going on her own website and going on IMDb, it determines that I have actually seen 48 
of her films, and that's Sherry Lynn. She is a voice actress who generally does not do main characters. I would say her most prominent and easily to determine role is in Inside Out. Uh, and in Inside Out, she, I believe, plays the voices in the mom. I think she plays the voice of the mom in Inside Out, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no, well, not technically. She plays the voices of mom's disgust and mom's joy, uh, according to Letterboxd here. And similarly to how I was talking about Best Flowers, you don't really recognize that she's in a movie. Uh, you don't actually, like, notice her. She doesn't stick out. She's definitely not getting the biggest roles in these movies. But through sheer volume of, of incredible animated films, she is our heads and shoulders number one overall. Uh, she has a score of 167.19, which is 24 points higher than the number two person. And I believe I've gone through all of her movies before during the May scavenger hunt film. I don't think I've even seen any of her films since then, if I'm being honest. But, you know, even in films that aren't animated, she has some voice roles. Um, I'm looking at films like uh, the original Old Boy, where she plays a woman on the phone. Uh, she's got, looking down here, there's a couple others I know. If I can find them, maybe I can't. Hocus Pocus, she has a voice role in. Uh, Black Mass, she has a voice role in. Death Becomes Her. Black Mass is not the Johnny Depp movie. Or it's a different movie, Black Mass. Uh, so, Sherry Lynn. I there are some you know Wikipedia still gives her gives her a lot more credits than I've seen maybe 20 or so. I actually have a bookmarks folder of just movies that she's in because it's difficult to find them given how small her credits are. Most of them are anime. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm she just, just the volume. It's impossible to over overcome how many good movies she's been in. You know, just out of the 11 on Letterboxd, you've got Aladdin, The Iron Giant, Monsters Inc., Toy Story 3, Wally, and Inside Out, and then some less than amazing affair like Treasure Planet, Despicable Me 2, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but like even those are solid movies, uh, as well as a couple of short films, Riley's First Date and Party Source Rex, which I like both of those. So Sherry Lynn debuted as our number one, has been our number one since she entered the spreadsheet and will likely remain our number one for a long time to come. And, you know, I've tried to lower her score as it turns out. You know, I've went out of my way to watch movies like Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True, which is awful. I gave it a five. Or Happily Never After, which is even worse. I gave it a one. And she's still this high up because... It, the the value her value is just so overwhelming at 96 points there's not much i can do <laughs> so sherry lynn the only woman on this list with 48 films our number one overall number three in terms of quality quali quantity sherry lynn moving on to number two 
we finally see some separation from the pack. So everyone up to this point has been in the 40s, and this is the first person to break that trend, and this person has 73 films to their name. I mentioned that for Lou Reviews, uh, their top person had 80 films, uh, so 73, we're getting close to that mark, and that is the always, always fantastic Samuel L. Jackson, and I would say that it's because he's collaborated with so many people, but the truth is, he's literally in every fucking thing, uh, you know, the fact that his, let me see, 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, his 20th most popular film on Letterboxd is a Star Wars movie is insane. Like, that's huge. His 23rd most popular movie is Do the Right Thing. Uh, that's in, like, I don't even understand that. You know, when you've got movies like Pulp Fiction, Django Unchained, Inglorious Bastards, Hateful Eight, Avengers, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, Kingsman, Goodfellas, Jurassic Park, Iron Man, The Incredibles, Kill Bill, Captain America, The First Avenger, Thor, Star Wars 1, 2, and 3, Iron Man 2, Kong Skull Island, Jackie Brown, Unbreakable, Do the Right Thing, Miss Peregrine, The Other Guys, Die Hard with a Vengeance, True Romance, Robocop, The Legend of Tarzan, Hard Eight, 1408, I Am Not Your Negro, Jumper, Coming to America, Out of Sight, The Hitman's Bodyguard, Chirac, Deep Blue Sea, Triple X, A Time to Kill, SWAT, Turbo, Blackstick Moan, The Long Kiss Goodnight, Sphere, Shaft, The Spirit, Coach Carter, Changing Lanes, Triple X Day of the Union, Lakeview Terrace, Barely Lethal, Jungle Fever, Rules of Engagement, The Red Violin, Eve's Bayou, Reasonable Doubt, you know, it just the list goes on and on and on. <sighs> and you know, I I I represent him. You know, he's had some fantastic movies with some fantastic roles, incredibly iconic. But for me, the movie that most represents Samuel L. Jackson is an HBO film called The Sunset Limited. It came out in 2011, and it's just Samuel Jackson. Uh, and Tommy Lee Jones in a room having a conversation about life, about religion, about living, about death, about books, and what there is after life. And I think it's so nuanced and beautiful. It's so well written. And, uh, you know, he, he and Tommy Lee Jones are just fantastic in this movie. And... It's so, like, I, I don't even know where to begin with this guy's filmography. You know, he's just been in every single movie, you know, and it's, you can't separate him from Tarantino. You can't separate him from the Avengers. You can't, you know, he's been in, you know, he's got his animated work and his Marvel work, his Tarantino stuff, Star Wars uh, you know, he, he's, he's been up and down around the block five times and he's still going. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, man, I, I don't think, I, I really don't think there's anything he couldn't do. And so at 164 films credited on Letterboxd, I've seen 45% of them at 73. And 
Like I mentioned, he's really the only person I've gone out of my way to try and pump up their numbers with deliberately. And, you know, he's got a 115.04 score, which is ranked 34th. You know, he's got some of... The <laughs> He's got some of the most highest numbers in the bad film categories. So, like, he's been in some of the worst movies. But at the same time, he just has so many fantastic ones. He can't fall that far. He just can't do it. And the only thing eluding him is a film rank rated 100. You know, he's been in, you know, so many other films... And he, he just hasn't found that 100-ranked film. I think in all the movies, he's a fun, exciting presence. And I'm always happy to see him on screen. I think I most recently saw him in Hitman's Bodyguard, which I enjoyed. You know, I think he and Ryan Reynolds have good chemistry, but the movie, meh. So Samuel Jackson, I'm sure you know it's difficult to not see all the all of his movies because he's in so many things and because so many of his movies are that iconic, particularly Marvel films and Tarantino films. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm very very pleased and still very excited to see more of his movies. You know, he's you know I haven't seen Snakes on a Plane, uh, Patriot Games, um, The Negotiator. You know, I don't know how many of these are still decent movies, but yeah, Samuel Jackson, I love him. He's great. Number two, with seventy-three movies, and so you must be thinking, who could possibly beat Samuel L. Jackson? To answer that question, we must go up to ninety-five film credits. Uh, this is, you know. I didn't even have this person on the spreadsheet uh, when I did my Marchborn actors list, and that's where they would have been. They would have been in it. At least I don't think I did. Maybe I did. Now they. Maybe I should check that out. I didn't think he was on there because I thought I added him fairly uh, later in the year, and I did. So he wasn't on the top 10 Marchborn actors. And uh, that's Frank Welker. That's right, 95 credits. Now, Letterboxd only lists him as having 41. They're all voice work for the most part. And so it's very similar to how the situation was with Sherry Lynn. Uh, if you look on IMDb and, Letter and Wikipedia, you will find a lot of other voice roles that he's participated in besides this one, or besides the ones on here. Even on here, he's got 189 credits. Uh, and, you know, you go down to the bottom of the list here, you've got a lot of Scooby-Doo stuff, the Smurfs, Curious George, Inspector Gadget, uh, Garfield, Scooby-Doo, the Flintstones, uh, things like that. Uh, so, you know, there's uh, half of these are probably short films anyway. So he's got a lot of stuff otherwise. And... A lot of Scooby-Doo stuff here. Tons of Scooby-Doo. And so, you know, to that effect, I think, you know, he's done... I don't know if I'd say some of the best work ever. You know, he is ranked 35th with a score of 114.77. Despite the fact that he has almost twice as many movies as Sherry Lynn, his, uh, his low end is significantly worse than hers is. She's actually been in 
one more film ranked in the 90s than he has, and she has a film ranked in 100 that he doesn't. Uh, so, you know, he struggles to maintain a balance. You know, he is the only person on this list uh, close to having 10 or more films in every category except fam- films ranked in the 50s. You know, 12 films ranked in the 90s, 11 in the 80s, 13 in the 70s, 10 in the 60s, 6 in the 50s, 29 between 25 and 49, and 14 uh, between 0 and 24. You know, Frank Welker, similarly to Sherry Lynn, similarly to Best Best Flowers, is generally not a voice you're going to recognize unless you know who he's voicing. Uh, he is a very prolific actor, and he is... You know, one of the best voice talents we've got alive. And, uh, you know, he is reportedly the top grossing actor uh, when you look at film revenue, which is ahead of the reportedly next highest grossing actor, which is Samuel L. Jackson. So, you know, that's, that's you know, he you know, look at some of these films, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Big Hero 6, Toy Story. Shrek, Aladdin, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, the Transformers movies, Pocahontas, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Shrek, Forever After, The Informant, uh, El Dorado, Deep Blue Sea, Anaconda, a goofy movie, Homeward Bound, Rescuers Down Under, Mirror Mirror, Species, The Smurfs, Looney Tunes in Action, Balto, Mulan, Ant Bully. Uh, That's just on Letterboxd. You know, you've got Land Before Time, uh, Little Mermaid, Tangled, My Neighbor Totoro, Tarzan, Oliver and Company, Poltergeist, Great Mouse Detective, uh, Pocahontas, Castle in the Sky, Frozen, Jumanji, Porco Rosso, City Slickers. You know, this guy's list goes on and on and on. And yeah, he's going to hit 100. I, I don't doubt that he's going to hit 100 relatively soon. You know, he. looking at the list like there aren't a ton of movies on here that i haven't seen that are still like fairly well-known movies you've got some like really shitty disney sequels uh but i think it's just inevitable you know he's still working so i still expect more movies to come out and you know there's no way i'm going to be able to get samuel l jackson to overtake him unless the only movies i watch from here on out are samuel l jackson movies so Frank Welker, our number one, 95 film credits, ranked 35th overall, first in terms of quantity, and yeah, I, 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 I wish I'd, I'd, I had been able to uh, recognize his contributions earlier on so that he could have been in the spreadsheet for longer, but it is what it is. Before I before I wrap this up, before I go, I just wanted to let you uh, give you guys a little information on who's knocking on the door of this this list. Uh, I mentioned Ben Stiller and Morgan Freeman, both 39, and then there are a couple of people at 38: uh, Seth Rogen, Liam Neeson, and Robin Williams. Seth Rogen's 38. Uh, he is five four years younger than Bill Hader, uh, so that puts him on pace to be the next youngest person to enter this 40-plus list. And uh, you'd have to go down to Kirsten Dunst at 34 films to see somebody else born in the 80s. Uh, so 
It's a very strange and eclectic list. There's a lot of people on here, big names, and some people you might not have even heard of. So those are our those are my actors with 40 or more credits, according to my spreadsheet, using a combination of Letterboxd, IMDb, and Wikipedia. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can send those to circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you want to check out the rest of the episodes, check out information on me, the spreadsheet, and much, much more, head over to circleoffilm.com. If you are uh, want to support the show in any way, shape, or form, you may head over to patreon.com slash circleoffilm uh, to look at what your options are. Thank you once again. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same as you. In the name of love, one night in the name of love. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.